Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, November 17, 2022, a week out from Survivor Series, two days out from Full Gear Weekend. We got a busy couple of dates ahead, Mr. Marceau. We got Survivor Series next Saturday that we will be in attendance for, SmackDown that Friday as well in Providence that we will also be in attendance for, and I'm going to be in SmackDown tomorrow. I'm going to SmackDown two weeks in a row because they were in Hartford, or they will be in Hartford uh, tomorrow night. Dynamite was in Bridgeport last night. It would be even busier if I was there as well. I, I did not go to that show. I'm happy I didn't go to that show. It wasn't an overly exciting show, but we have a lot to look forward to, Mr. Marceau. Welcome back, and uh, thanks for taking time last week on your honeymoon to join me. It was a great time. No, I mean, it's definitely, you know, the tropical storm, Nicole, just made it a lot easier to connect with GSM. I was going to try to finagle something, but at least like a tropical storm is a, a valid excuse for a little bit, so it was great joining you. Hopefully, and you said you're going to Hartford tomorrow night for, for SmackDown? I will be in SmackDown, or in Hartford tomorrow for SmackDown, which is not nearly as shitty of an area as Bridgeport, so it should be fine. Hopefully Alexis' back doesn't give out again. I remember when we went to Rob for the wedding. <laughs> Kid will never let that go. They almost didn't make it. I mean, me, me you, and Dylan almost had to carry out, so hopefully the back doesn't act up. <laughs> Hopefully not. And she won't have to slip on any ice, which was the fear last time, which is why we were walking at a mile an hour. But uh, mile an hour is an understatement, people. This was like <laughs> one foot in front of the other, like in uh, one of those Christmas movies. What's the one that was like one foot in front? Of the oh, is that um Santa Claus is coming to town or the other one or the year it's, that is? Yeah, no, no, that's, that's Santa that one. Claus is coming to town. Yeah, yeah, that's how GSM was walking, one foot in front of the other, like the little deer <laughs> in the bunny. <clears throat> it was honestly happy. <clears throat> Give me an excuse anyway, because. I walk slow regardless, so it kind of gave me an excuse for, for Alexis to be walking slow, so I had more of an excuse for it, but yeah, I do remember that. Um, have, have you already started watching your Christmas movies or not yet? Uh, we watched Home Alone 2 already once. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> it was on Freeform. Hey, I didn't go out of my way, pal. Freeform always has fucking Home Alone on. every That and Harry Potter, they replay that shit every week, and it doesn't even have to be Christmas. No, yeah, we watched, it was on, uh, when we were on our honeymoon, it was on Freeform, so it's oh, like, that's funny. I mean, I'm more, I honestly, I, I sway on the, uh, Christmas starts after Thanksgiving, but, I don't know, I guess it's starting to become a thing that people really want to start it now, like, my mom already has the tree up, I know other people I've seen, like, just driving around town already have, like, Christmas shit up, like, I'm gonna wait till Thanksgiving's over, I feel like Thanksgiving's starting to get just, like, bombarded by Christmas, so, uh, I'm yeah. gonna wait I'm after Thanksgiving. I'm a Black Friday Christmas tree guy. You're, so you're one of us. You're one of the logical people that actually waits until after Thanksgiving. And you got to give Thanksgiving its flowers and not completely overshadow it. So I'm glad you you have a logical sense, as I do, to wait until after Thanksgiving. But I, I get it. Listen, Alexis's family puts up their Christmas shit the day after Halloween. So I, it's not that I'm not exposed to it. I see it all the time. But uh, I'm looking forward to it, though. A lot of movies to watch between now and then. But like I said, we have a lot of wrestling shows to attend before then. With Before we go even any further, you know what? I, I am going to have to watch either today or maybe when I see you next week at some point. I know we agreed before we hit the record button here that I'm going to have to watch Top Gun Maverick at some point at your place next weekend. Um, but today, you know what the anniversary of today is? Ooh, that's a good question. I think... Today is the 20th anniversary of Survivor Series 02, I believe. There you go. I always put you in the spot, and uh, you, you got it right. Survivor Series 02, one of the best pay-per-views of all time. And that's coming from someone who was not a fan for that. I know you were watching back then as a mini Marceau. I wasn't even... I was years away from getting into WWE, and I still... I, I, the funny thing is I've probably seen that show more than almost any other fucking pay-per-view, and it wasn't even a pay-per-view that I... Uh, 
that that I watched live. Like I've I've seen that pay per view probably ten more times than WrestleMania 17. It's such a great show. Twenty years ago today, iconic match. Uh, first ever Elimination Chamber match, three-way tag team title match for the WWE tag team titles, the reuniting of the Dudley Boys in the opener, six-man tag team tables match, great stuff. Big Show Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship and a ton more. So, uh, such a fun show. The debut of, uh, the return, rather, of Scott Steiner, another great moment. Give me a fucking mic. Great stuff. In MSG, no less. So, uh, awesome stuff. We were actually at also, I remember, also on this day, Mr. Marceau, November 17th, we were at NXT Boston, a house show, six years ago as well, which is crazy to think it's been that long since we were the last there. How long ago was that? Five years? Six years. <laughs> Fucking getting old, dude. It sucks. <laughs> Speaking of getting old, you had a birthday yesterday. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Yeah, I know. You just, I mean, you reminded me 20 years ago with Survivor Series 02. So. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. I, I don't know how I guessed that. I kind of just assumed. Because I know the 2003 edition was on my birthday, which was the 16th. So oh I yeah, right. right. That, uh, so that'll be 20 years next year. Make me feel even older. So. <laughs> I forgot. Yes, I know. That's that's got to be your favorite Survivor Series of all time, right? Oh yeah, that's just. Uh, I honestly still remember like sitting in my living room watching that show by myself. It was a great show. That's such a great birthday. Show. I can't forget it. That is, that is a really good show. Gonna have to rewatch that one next week. O2, get in the Survivor Series spirit before War Games next weekend. But like I said, we got full gear before then coming up on Saturday, AEW's upcoming pay-per-view. We will do full predictions for that show coming up. New episodes every single week. WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Podbean, Pandora, and Amazon Music. You can rate the show, you can review the show, subscribe to the show. New episodes every single Thursday. At least for next week. Maybe we'll have to record... Uh, on, on obviously next Thursday's Thanksgiving, but I usually drop it on that holiday. But if not, then maybe we'll do it when I see it. We'll do it on Wednesday. I'm not sure. We'll figure it out. Uh, always subject to change. But we are on schedule this week. Uh, like I said, we'll talk about full gear at the end. Uh, let's get into Raw first from Monday, which was a, you know, honestly, I got to say, I, I'm not one to shit on these shows during the Triple H era. And this wasn't a bad show, but it was certainly fucking boring. I'm sorry. I mean, it wasn't just a dead crowd. They really didn't have a lot to get excited about. A lot of these matches were, you know, questionable to say the least. Not a lot actually of note happened on the show. Kind of felt like a filler show before the pay-per-view next weekend. We did get progression for the Women's War Games match. We had, um, you know, Bobby and Rollins interact, probably setting up the triple threat also involving Theory uh, for the United States Championship at the pay-per-view, among other things. But speaking of Theory, we'll start, again, as we usually do, at the top and work our way down. That was the big, to me, the big top takeaway from this week's Monday's Raw, that being the beginning of the rebuilding process for Austin Theory. We talked a lot last week about how he was, and I'm not straying away from this, how he was buried in that failed Money in the Bank cash-in. It sucked, to me, the worst ever, and... This doesn't make up for that. It's going to be a long process before you can really get Theory back to either where he was or beyond that. And I still say you could have done what you did on Monday without doing what you did last week, but whatever. At least they're doing it, and it's not as if he disappeared from the show when he's on main event now. Austin Theory beginning to show a new edge, a new aggressive edge this Monday on Raw, going berserk on Dolph Ziggler, uh, getting himself intentionally disqualified in that match. He cut this great promo backstage. The logic itself wasn't really that strong, but the delivery I thought was great. And then he attacked Rollins to close the show. So this, to me, Mr. Marceau, as I'm sure you would agree, was really the Austin Aries, the Austin Aries, God forbid, the Austin Theory show on Monday's Raw. Yeah, this was a great, great kind of recovery, like you said, for him. Um, I mean, I think this is the only really direction you can go with him after what happened last Monday. So definitely a good start. But, I mean, if, like I said, I think I said this last week, if you're going to have any hope of repackaging him or like making him a big deal. I mean, this had to happen. So it was nice that it did happen because I really like Austin Theory. I think he's a future star in the company. So you kind of have to kind of have to go in that direction to kind of make him more serious anyways. I feel like obviously bring him in. Is, he still was somewhat serious with the whole comedy, like the whole selfie thing was kind of getting stale. And like you said, like I feel like they kind of put it perfectly that he was kind of getting a little over cocky kept place that always would point out that he was the youngest this, youngest that. And he kind of shied away from that and kind of said he's not worried about being the youngest this, the youngest that. Like, he's the now, he's the few, like, he's the now. Like, I think he did it well. The mean streak was great. No selfie. Serious theory. 
I mean, need more of this, but I thought it was a great step forward for him on Monday night. We talked about it last week, but does this make you hopeful that we could still get Theory and John Cena come WrestleMania 39? I I think it's a good first step. I mean, mm-hmm. definitely from, I would say, if you're still doing the selfie shit, I, I would say probably not. But like I said, I think he needed some, a reason to kind of become more serious. Like I said, maybe I, I was saying like Cena come out, but I guess like I said, him losing here kind of started getting him more serious, but this needed to happen to kind of get him further along, um, which I was I was happy to say. I'll probably be all over the place here, but, you know, the Theory and Cena match is a legit possibility, I would agree, for Mania still. Uh, I mean, we said that last week, but I even told you, you know, on here or over text or whatever it was, over DM, that it's going to take a lot for me to be able to see him on that level again as being a legit threat to a guy like John Cena. And I think they took the good first step in doing so, as you mentioned, um, this past week on Raw, so we still have many more months to go. This could only be a short-lived thing, and they go back to booking him as if he was before. Time will tell. Good first night, though, I would agree. Um, but like I said, all over the place here. Cena, in theory, seems to be a very strong possibility for Mania. That being said, Cena is also being tossed around right now as a potential opponent for a potentially returning Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, Austin returned to the ring at WrestleMania 38 earlier this year, uh, beating Kevin Owens. Probably the perfect note for him to go out on. Great spectacle, you know, uh, going out on top. Main event of WrestleMania in his native Texas. Can't ask for much more than that. But he was probably happy enough with his performance where he might be considering coming back for an actual match. I mean, if he's starting training now, if you saw the video, then, you know, that kind of leads some credence to the, led some credence to the uh, belief that he could be training to coming back uh, very, not soon, but probably come closer to WrestleMania. So what are your thoughts on Austin maybe wrestling again do you want to see it? Do you think he should? And if so, and I've talked to this at length, so I'll kind of leave it to you, as far as who you think would be a good opponent for him come WrestleMania. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it would be nice to see him, but I also don't want him like overstay his welcome. Mm-hmm. I think what he did with Owens was great, and like I said, I feel like that would have been like the perfect send-off, and I hope it's not like, oh, every year we're going to dust off Austin now, and he's going to come out and do something. Like, I thought it was... I think it was great that he came back, but I also, like I said, I don't want it to like overshadow what last year was. Like last year was great. He looked great. Um, it was kind of perfect the way they set it up. It wasn't like a full, like, it wasn't like a full blown match. Like he really didn't take much bumps, and I thought it was perfect. Like I guess if you're gonna, if there's a possibility of him and Cena, like it's more of a spectacle anyways. It's not gonna be like a five star classic, obviously. Even I've seen him like thoughts of him, maybe even him and Punk, but. With a match like that, like it could be more of like a Rock Hogan thing. Like you said, it's not really a match. It's more of like a spectacle. It's not going to be a five-star classic, and just the crowd would go bananas regardless. So, I mean, if, they, if that's a possibility, I don't hate it, but I also think right now in WWE specifically, they need to make new stars, and just throwing Austin and Cena, yeah, they could probably bring in a nice a big house, but I also think you need to focus on the future a little bit more as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I would probably, if you're, if Austin's gonna come back, like I said, if Austin's coming back and they could do like Punk, I wouldn't hate that. But Cena, I would rather Cena work with someone new, um, to kind of establish them than just do like a dream match right now. Yeah, I think Austin and Punk, um, is probably off the table because a lot of things would have to line up just because he would have to want to come back. Triple H would want to have to have him back. Um, he would have to get his release by AEW from then, or from AEW by then, which he probably will, but I'm just covering all bases here because we still don't know what's going on with him and whether he's gone, and he'll have to have a non-compete clause, or no non-compete clause, rather. Um, That's another thing. And he'll have to be cleared by then because regardless of what happened over All Out weekend, um, he's still hurt. He still suffered a pretty serious injury, another you know injury. The I mean, he was out only for two months over the summer, but a similar injury that will keep him out for a while. I think a similar enough injury to Christian that's keeping Christian out of the uh, out of the ring right now. So, you know, a lot of things would have to align. I don't think that happens per se. But, you know, one name I did throw out on hashtag, and other people have mentioned this as well, if Austin were to work with a younger guy, I mean, he worked with Kevin Owens last week, or last week, last year. Owens is not a younger guy. He's an active member of the current roster that's not like an established icon like Cena or Orton or whatever. We've never seen Orton in Stone Cold one-on-one, so, you know, don't forget about that potentially happening. But, like, if it was someone from the current roster that Austin, regardless of whether he wins or loses, could benefit from, 
I look at someone like an LA Knight, honestly, I just feel like his promos match up perfectly with Stone Cold's. He he talks like Stone Cold anyway. He models his own promos after the fucking Rock and Steve Austin. Um, he's talked about that before. You can have the buildup leading into WrestleMania. The only reason I wouldn't do that was, again, if you have a better opponent in mind for Austin, or if LA Knight's in Money in the Bank, which is very likely going back to Mania this coming year, and he wins that instead. So does that interest you at all or not so much? Um, I mean, he's not really a younger guy. I mean, he's in his 40s, so... I, yeah, my bad. I'm sorry, I meant, I meant to say fresher face. Probably fresher not younger, face. literally. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, I don't hate it, but... I don't know, like I said, if he's in Money in the Bank, they wouldn't do that, and I just... I don't know, I, I think of younger guys, like someone that there's like a few... I think LA Knight's good, I just don't see him at like a main event level, especially with his age. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if you'd, you'd use him with Austin. I mean, I think it'd be... Like you said, his promos and stuff would be great, but... If he's going to be in Money Bank anyways, I just don't see him being there. So, I mean, like you said, he could. Austin could do another legend. I wouldn't hate that, but I would also, if they're going to do him, I would want Cena to face someone now. So, I guess we could see from there. But no, I, I think if he's up for it, like I saw, like you said, you saw videos of him training. I mean, clearly he's interested. So, I, I'm definitely interested as well. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it uh, pans out, and uh, I'm curious to see if he ends up coming back in the ring or not. I'm not opposed to it. I would rather he end his career on the note that he did at WrestleMania, but, I mean, if it's a worthwhile opponent, it's a big enough money match that makes sense. I've said this before, but, you know, Austin and Rock, That's I don't think Triple H would do that anyway, but we don't need to relive that shit. I mean, it's fucking 20 years later. The Rock is on pins and needles, too. The guy's barely threaded together as far as, like, doing an active wrestling match. To put him with Stone Cold would be silly. Um, especially after already having three WrestleMania matches. But Cena might be a possibility, and I am convinced Cena will be at that show. We haven't seen him in the ring since SummerSlam last year. He came back for the anniversary a few months ago, but beyond that, he hasn't been on the show at all. So uh, him being at Mania makes sense, him facing Theory makes sense, and we'll see how uh, Stone Cold factors in. And listen, they're going to want to make this a mega show. It is you know, WrestleMania in L.A. They're going to want as many big stars as possible. Cena and Austin would check that box. And if they were able to get The Rock, which I'm not convinced they are at this point, that would be pretty massive. But also from Raw on Monday, like I mentioned, we got more progression in the women's war games front uh, with two more members being added to both teams. Uh, we have on Team Bianca, Mia Yim, who made her in-ring Raw debut on Monday, beating Tamina. And then Rhea Ripley as a result of Mia going to Team Bianca. They set this up with like Damage Control trying to recruit Mia, and then she went to Bianca instead, and now Rhea is on Team Damage Control, so uh, nine of the ten slots have been filled, so we have Rhea, Damage Control, and Nikki Cross on one side, and then Bianca, Asuka, Alexa, and now Mia Yim on the babyface side. So we talked about this last week, who who could fill those final spots? Um, Does this, I mean, I was thinking at one point, maybe Becky and Sasha on the babyface side, Obviously, only one of them can take a spot, unless someone on the babyface side gets hurt before them, which is very possible. We've seen this before where they switch out people or having the advantage match, I think, next Monday on Raw. I'm thinking it's Becky, dude. I, the, the only three people that come to mind as far as filling that spot, could it be someone from SmackDown? Sure. Could it be like Raquel? Sure. I just feel like with all Raw women in it, that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I feel like if you have all SmackDown people, for the most part in the men's war games, you should have all, Smack, or, uh, all, all SmackDown people in the men's, all Raw people, for the most part, in the women's. Um, Raquel's not really a, an exciting option. Sasha, Becky, and Piper Niven. I mean, I know I mentioned Piper Niven with the OC Judgment Day thing a few weeks ago. But, you know, she has history with Nikki. I don't know if it would be a worthy enough surprise. Sasha, I'm still not 100% convinced she'll be at that show. But if she is, she's from Boston. Makes sense. She can always come back afterward. Um, that's a possibility. Or on Raw on the following Monday, whatever. They're in Boston, so I would do it that night. And to me, Becky's probably the most likely option because she's a big name. She can make a big impact by coming out on Raw this week, making the save. That closes the show, sells people on the match. She, you know, Damage Control put her on the shelf back in July or August or whatever it was. So there's the history there. The only question is, is she cleared in time? Will she be back in time? But if she is, and I'm hoping she is, and that's not confirmed, I think she would be the perfect final member of that babyface team. Would you agree? Yeah, I completely agree. Like you said, she has history with Damage Girl. Technically, in storyline, they wrote her off from TV. They beat her up, and we haven't seen her since. So, yeah, it makes sense to have Becky. Like you said, especially at the end of the show, like Becky coming out to save the baby faces. Like you said, and Sasha can come back after the match, that she's coming back. And then, like, after the War Games match, she kind of just like, oh, shit, Sasha's back too. So, I think that, I realistically, that's what I would do. Yeah, it just makes the most sense. So, hopefully that's what happens. 
I think Becky would just uh, get a great reaction. Sasha would get an amazing reaction at Survivor Series itself, but I just see the way that I see this playing out is that we get that advantage match on Monday's Raw. Damage control should win. And then, um, you know, Becky comes out afterward, the place goes nuts, and uh, we set up Women's War Games as the uh, final member. So they could always save it as a surprise for the show itself, but if you really want to sell people on the pay-per-view, that's what I would do. On the Men's War Games front, this is from SmackDown, but they kind of set it up last Friday on SmackDown. Now, it's not official yet, but, I mean, it's pretty much official. All of the Bloodline, which is good, because I kind of feared at one point, maybe Roman won't be in it, but thankfully I think he will be. It's going to be all of the Bloodline, Versus Drew and all of the brawling brutes. Sheamus is back. Drew's back in the mix. Who was that fifth guy? I know we texted about this, but to me, people were like, oh, it was never confirmed to be Owens. But I'm thinking, who else would it be, though? I mean, I know we mentioned Riddle. That could be who fills in for Owens. But if we hadn't, even before he got hurt, we hadn't seen Owens on TV in a very long time. It's been a very long time. Um, I think he would just make the most sense in that spot. I know it was reported by Meltzer that appeared to be the plan. It may have changed due to the injury Owen suffered on Sunday at a house show. Maybe he'll still work it and he'll just be limited in there. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. What are are your thoughts? Do you think Owen still works the match? And if he doesn't, who fills in for him instead? Is it Riddle? It's a tough one. Like I said, we did discuss Riddle. I don't know. He's just such a clown right now. I can't see him being He lost to Chad Gable on Raw. And he lost to Chad Gable in Raw, which is bad. I mean, he lost to Otis last week, too. Um, it's tough. I really don't... I honestly don't really know. I mean... I, <laughs> I don't know. I I think it's tough. Like, could you bring up Ron Breaker up and put him on SmackDown? I mean, it seemed extremely random and forced, but, like... I mean, that's a possibility as well. I, I honestly... It's, I, I don't think there's any one person, you're like, that's the perfect fit. So I, re- I honestly don't even want to speculate because I honestly have no idea. Do you think there's a chance Owen still works the match? Nah. I mean, it depends on the injury. I mean, if it's something that he can work through, then sure. But it's like a bad injury, I think it would be dumb to do that. If it's an MCL sprain, I don't know. Maybe, right? I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, you could also limit what he does. But yeah, he, he could be the last one in there, yeah. So, I mean, it's always possible, but if you can't go, I feel like it could it could be just someone extremely random because I feel like no one else really fits it right now. Yeah, I don't know. And I was thinking maybe Strowman, but he's busy in the World Cup right now. Uh, we know who's in the World Cup now. You know, I mentioned last week, uh, because I, I, I kind of threw you on the spot. What would you say? It's Rey Mysterio, but I feel like that's kind of random too. I think he's hurt, so. Yeah, so. I think he was supposed to be in the World Cup, and then he got hurt, so he, he probably wouldn't be in that. Yeah. That would be cool, though, because he obviously does have history with uh, the bloodline. So, uh, Well, speaking of which, Ray was supposed to be in the World Cup. We know who's in the World Cup now. Braun advanced last week, as did Santos Escobar. Uh, on Friday, we have Ricochet and Mustafa Ali and Sami Zayn versus Butch. I think Sami Zayn and Butch you know, eliminate each other. I mean, someone will win, but they kind of uh, cancel each other out because they're both probably going to be in war games. Uh, there's that. Um, I do think Ricochet wins tomorrow because Ali is still busy on Raw. And I don't think Ali's moving to SmackDown. He's pulling double duty right now. So I think Escobar and Braun will go to the finals, which either take place at Survivor Series or on the SmackDown after. I'm not exactly sure. They haven't said. I don't think we get the IC title match of the pay-per-view because I don't think the semifinals I know are taking place at SmackDown when we're there. I know that for a fact, which is the day before the show. And we still need the finals. So... I'm thinking Braun wins the whole thing. I think Braun and Gunther, I mean, Braun shouldn't win um, the title, but I do think Strowman and Gunther would be a great a little attraction for the Intercontinental Championship. I think the uh, it's a fresh match. It's it's a different dynamic than what Gunther has been uh, kind of accustomed to up to this point as champion, and I think it would be the perfect use of Strowman as well. Yeah, I think the way that the tournament's kind of aligning right now, I would, I would say that's Gun- uh, it's going to be Braun and Gunther. I mean... I think it'll be a good match. Like you said, I don't think Braun should be winning. He is extremely over, so it kind of ner- makes me nervous. I love Strowman. I just feel like unless Gunther is losing the belt to go after Roman Reigns, he should hold that belt. Mm-hmm. Or whoever's the main champion. So um, I think it's that's where we're going to get. It'll be Braun and him, and I just don't want him to win. Like I said, <laughs> unless Gunther's going after the main title, I don't want Braun to win. I, I just don't, and uh, I, I think Braun's one of those guys, and I know for a while we said, oh, you know, he should be world champion. That was before he won it in 2020, 
and he wasn't, and then he is, and, and whatever. He's won a lot of titles for a guy that really does not need to be champion. I mean, Braun is a guy that can be over on his own. It's like The Undertaker in a different way. and Not, not that he's Undertaker, but he's one of those guys that doesn't really need a title. I mean, he, when he was at his hottest five years ago, then yeah. I'm talking like, you know, right now, eh, doesn't really need a championship. As long as he has like an interesting feud, like the Elmas thing was, was you know, decent, then I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah, speaking of interesting matches and feuds, we're getting at Survivor Series. I'm very excited about this because we're going to be at the show, obviously. Rollins, not Rollins, but Finn Balor and AJ Styles for the second time ever in WWE, if not ever, I think. I don't know if they've ever had another singles match ever in their entire careers against each other until now. Uh, we're getting it at Survivor Series, and I would think this is going to be the end of the feud. Uh, Styles and, you know, Balor, and even Styles mentioned that he's been feuding with Judgment Day practically since WrestleMania, which is true, pretty much the entire year. And he hasn't won <laughs> many, if any, matches in that fucking feud. He lost the Crown Jewel. He lost the Edge three times at Mania, Backlash, and Hell in the Cell. So, I think he's owed a win, and I feel like he might win at Survivor Series, and I think he should. But I'm looking forward to the match, though, because this is uh, pretty fresh. And, uh, you know, the feud's heated up lately, so I'm actually invested in it. No, I think this will be a good match, like you said, with AJ's less than stellar win-loss record this year, especially against the Judgment Day. I think he needs to win here. But, no, I think it's a fresh one-on-one match, and it should be a good one. I agree. Now let's talk a little NXT before we transition into AEW Full Gear stuff. On Tuesday's show, Braun Breaker beating Von Wagner to retain the NXT Championship. On that same show, we had Apollo Crews beating JD McDonough in what was basically a number one contenders match. So it looks like at deadline next month, we're getting Breaker and Crews for the NXT Championship without it being made official yet. What are your thoughts on that match? Because I think it could be pretty good. No, I think that should be a fun match. I think Apollo is well, is doing well in NXT. I mean, I He's kind of not really been on the show that much, but, I mean, he beat McDonough on Tuesday night, which was a good match, and like you said, seemingly after Braun beat Von Wagner, thank God, um, I guess that's the new... If Von Wagner won, I would have just stopped watching NXT <laughs> and, and total. He's so bad. But no, I think this should be a fun match at, at Deadline, and it'd be a good like headliner. I actually really like Zoe Stark's promo. I, I did. I thought, you know, I, I haven't been the biggest fan of her because I kind of found her very, and she still is, obviously, but a bit bland and whatever. But what were your thoughts? I thought she cut a really, really good promo, and she honestly comes across as the baby face in this feud. And it was funny with, with Nikita because she was like, oh, I had to carry you in a tag team. She's going to have to continue carrying her in these matches as well because I don't have a lot of faith that Nikita is good enough to make, you know, for her own singles performances to be to be good. Um, but I thought Zoe Stark as a heel, I think, I think might be the right role for her going forward. No, yeah, I thought this was a good promo. Like you said, she kind of came off more as the baby face. Um, but, I mean, you can work on that. I, th- I don't think Nikita, I mean, I'm assuming the way that she gets reactions, Nikita's going to be the baby face. But, no, I, I see the same thing with Stark. She's good in the ring. She's just, as a character, just it's very uninteresting. Um, but, I mean, you can always work on that. I mean, that's why she's in developmental anyways. But, uh I think it's a nice little feud without the title being on uh, on the line, so I, I'm all for it. I agree. I like more non-title feuds. We need more. We need more of those on the main roster. Uh, we are getting Wesley and Carmelo Hayes next week for the NXT North American Championship. Who do you think wins that one? Uh, Wesley's the champion right now. I, I'd keep it on him. Yeah. I don't need like a seventh reign for Hayes. Yeah, I'm interested because I'm surprised they're not doing this at deadline. Do you do you think this means that Hayes is main roster bound imminently? Or do you think that he... I mean, I'm surprised we never got him in Braun Breaker. So I'm thinking, well, we're not getting it at deadline because Apollo Crews is getting the shot, presumably. You know, we don't need another triple threat. We've had enough triple threats with Braun Breaker this year. Um, I'm thinking that Breaker probably... or uh, I don't know. I don't Hayes. know what you do with Hayes. What do you think? I mean, I'm assuming he's going to be in that match at deadline, I'm assuming. Oh, what, the uh, the challenge or whatever? Yeah, and then if you want, you then go after Breaker. Right? Oh, okay, yeah. That makes sense. Well, they haven't announced what those matches... I mean, w- we know what they are, but... Like... Yeah, the, fr- the winner gets the championship match. They said that. Oh, okay, I missed that. I thought we might have been getting the women's championship on the line in a, in one of those matches. Uh, the way they said it, it made it seem like whoever won got a women's and men's title shot. All right, you're probably right, because I was confused, because I know we're not getting Braun in one of those matches, nor should we. Um, because we're getting him in Apollo, then it turns into, you know, who does Mandy face at that show because she just beat Alba Fire for the millionth time on Tuesday. We'll get into that in a moment. But what are your thoughts on uh, the whole Iron Survivor Challenge? It is a bit, you know, convoluted. I'm the first one to tell you that. 
I've seen a lot of complaints. People were fucking whining about it. It's basically the scramble match from 15 years ago, which pretty divisive match concept. A lot of people didn't like it. I actually enjoyed that, maybe just because I started watching at that point, so I'm nostalgic for it, but I, I don't know. I, I like the concept. The penalty box thing was kind of dumb, but the match itself, I think, is uh, I think it's a cool concept, and I like the fact they're trying to innovate. And yeah, it's convoluted, but I, I don't think it'll make I, I think it'll make sense, and it'll come together just fine. No, yeah, I mean it is definitely convoluted. You need like six fucking sheets of you need six teleprompts that go over the world. <laughs> no, I mean I think it's an interesting idea. Like you said, at least it's an attempt, I guess. I mean, if it doesn't work, and then they can move on, just like the championship scramble matches they used to do, but. I have faith that they, they'll do it right. I mean, it sounds more interesting than it should be, so I, I'm interested. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, NXT Women's Championship. I, I thought the match was good. Last woman standing, Mandy Rose beating Alba Fire, but that's exactly the problem. Why did this match even happen if Alba Fire lost her fourth title shot this year? She was in a four-way standing deliver. She lost to Mandy Rose at Vengeance Day. She lost to her at uh, Halloween Havoc, and she lost to her on Tuesday. She's a fucking loser, dude. And it wasn't clean. I know Isla Dawn from NXT UK came down. I I don't. I know you don't know who she is. She's fucking awful. I mean, she's another one. The, the character, she was like a vampire or something. She's mediocre as hell in the ring. I haven't seen a single memorable match, or at least memorable for the right reasons, with her in it. Um, I was not. I don't want to say hoping she got released with the rest of them, but I'm thinking, why would you get rid? Of, why would you keep her, but then get rid of a lot of the women they got rid, of, like Zaya Brookside and. There was another woman named Amala who was a lot better than fucking Isla Dawn is. I just don't understand. Um, yeah, I just thought that was... I, I don't give a shit about this feud that she's about to have with Isla Dawn. I don't give a shit about Isla Dawn at all. Uh, Alba Fire's got to move on. The name sucks, too, but it's time for her to move on to the main roster. This is ridiculous at this point. Yeah, I mean, at this point, if you lose the belt four time, for the belt four times, man... What is the? What? I don't even know what to say. Like you're, like you said, you're just a fucking loser at that point. I like her a lot. I think, like you said, the name's fucking terrible. It is one of the worst name changes they've ever done. Because the character sucks, anyways. So the name sucks. They changed her character. The character, the new character, sucks, and it's just dumb. And it ruined. She was so great in NXT UK as Kaylee Ray. She was great character. She was great in the ring, and then they do the stupid name change, and it is terrible. Then she loses for the belt four times, and then she now feuding with someone that the crowd. I mean, I didn't know the crowd didn't know the guy that booked her probably didn't know who she was. Like, I, I, nothing's worse in wrestling than a debut that like literally goes over like a wet fart. Like, no one had any idea who this chick was. You're the only person that probably knows. So you actually watch NXT UK, but I'm like, who the fuck is this girl? I thought it was JC Jane at first, and then I'm like, That's not, <laughs> like I just. I don't know. And it just, like, made Elba Fire look even dumber because she's like, oh, now that I even the odds, like, I'm definitely going to win. And then she fucking loses again. Mm -hmm. I know that's interference, but, I mean, the whole point of the story is you're going to take out the other two girls so it would be a fair fight against Manny Rose. Then she gets fucking taken out by another random chick. I don't know. At this point, I would just, I mean, if it was me, I would just call her up and change her fucking name, but I don't think that's happening. It's weird, though, because they're letting people use their real names. Like, Mia Yim is still Mia Yim. They didn't change her name when she came back, so I, I don't know. They, they don't need to do the name changes. Triple H is still changing people's names. Um, that guy, Oro Mensa, who we haven't seen on the show in weeks, which is a little weird, um, he came in as Oro Mensa. His name is not Oro Mensa. His name was Oliver Carter from NXT UK as well, uh, and they changed his name, and that was a Triple H call, so I, I don't know. It's just not necessary. But yeah, no, she comes across like the absolute biggest loser coming off of Tuesday, and I think she just should be on the main roster at this point. There's really nothing left to do, unless she's going for the tag titles, which, why would you? Um, I know she's feuding with this Isla Dawn, you know, person, uh, who, again, I, I act as if I don't know who she is. I know who she is. She's just not very good. If it was someone, like, you didn't know who she was, but she's good, then I would be excited. Like, okay, you may not know who she is, but you will, and she's good. She doesn't really add much to this division. And if they have her doing what she was doing in NXT UK... Even worse, because th- that character was just one of the well, worst things I've ever Blair seen. Davenport. She, like... Disappeared off the face of the earth. I was going to say, she like came in for that, that match at, uh... Hall- was it Halloween Havoc? No, I think it was Worlds Collide two months ago. Worlds Collide, and then I haven't seen her since. I don't get it. I don't know. Um, I know, like, Ilya, they wrote him off with the injury from McDonough. Like, okay, you know, that makes sense. Uh, Charlie Dempsey came back. They used him. He was gone for a while. They brought him back. I just think they don't have anything for her right now, which is, again, 
that would make more sense if if Blair Davenport came in and attacked. I mean, Alba Fire still would have lost like a loser, but at least that feud has potential because I think Blair actually came into NXT UK after Kaylee Ray left. La- or yeah, was it last year? I think it was last year. So they actually never crossed paths at all. So that would actually be interesting. I think the matches would be good. Kaylee Ray could put her over on her way out. Cool, but we haven't seen Blair since. I don't know if she's hurt or if she's taking time off. I don't know what happened to her. Yeah, I don't know. Very weird. Uh, let's get to full gear. There really isn't a lot to talk about from Dynamite. It was a pretty straightforward uh, go-home show. I mentioned it was in Bridgeport. Didn't go. Glad it didn't go. I'm sure it, it would have been fine, but, you know, it was promo galore. You know, we talked about it before we uh, went live here, but in a quick recap, we had a tournament match with Ethan Page beating Bandito. Pretty standard television stuff. I enjoyed the trios title match. I know you hated it. Uh, you know, basically what you would expect is basically the the, the uh, you know takeaway from that match and the return of the elite four full gear that we'll get into. Bowens and Strickland was what it was. The music video, dumb. I like the Captain Insano thing. I thought that was actually pretty funny, but the rest of it I didn't really care much about. Uh, the opening tag was good with uh, Blackpool Combat Club, Jericho Appreciation Appreciation Society, fine stuff. Tony and Anna Jay was whatever. Uh, the closing segment was was good, and I enjoyed that. And uh, the Baker promo was babyface promo. I thought it was a good promo. I don't know why she was a babyface, but uh, that was your uh, abbreviated Dynamite review in, in, in 60 seconds or less. So let's get into full gear. Coming up on Saturday, as they always do, we still have Rampage on Friday. I think it's a live show. I know it's a live show, actually. Um, they might and probably will add more matches. Currently, we're sitting at 11 right now, none of which have been moved to the pre-show. This is still my biggest issue with these AEW shows, and they're not going to have any excuse. when, Because if and when WWE goes to shorter shows as far as, like, less pay-per-views, um, you know, their last show, Clash, or not Clash, um, Crown Jewel went probably three and a half, almost four hours. That was a long show. The biggest difference there was that one, it aired during the day over here in the States, and two, it was only maybe eight matches. Um, these matches, they just, it's, it's quantity over quality. They want to get everyone on the fucking show. And I know, oh, they only have four pay-per-views a year. Do they really though? Cause they have like five battle, the belt shows. They have five ring of honor shows or three, whatever. They have all these other forbidden door. They have almost monthly pay-per-views at this point. So they're, it's not like they only have four shows. Give me a break with that shit. They really can afford to not have certain matches on the show. Oh, we don't have a TBS title defense this show. Okay, fine. Like, for example, I'm glad Jade Cargill's on the show, but her and Nyla Rose is not a pay-per-view-worthy match. I'm glad Darby Allen's on the show, but Jeff and Jay Lethal versus Sting and Darby Allen, who, who gives a shit, honestly? Absolute waste of a match. So, you could, t- you could shave off a couple matches. I'm sure they'll add more. They could add FTR in the gun club. Again, I ask you, who cares? I love FTR, but, like, if that's the best I could do for them, honestly, don't even have them on the show. I know it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't, but that's just my own two cents. So we'll start with the matches that we know about, and, uh, you know, if there's anything else added, it is what it is, but these are the matches that we know are happening as of right now. We'll start with the Steel Cage match, Mr. Marceau. Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. It might be the end of the feud, it might not be. I know Christian's still not cleared, so they can't really finish off that portion of the feud. I don't know where you bridge the gap there. But Jungle Boy lost that all out, and he lost to Luchasaurus on Dynamite, which was a great match, by the way. Um, I think he is owed a win here. I don't know if maybe they're doing Steel Cage, probably to prevent interference from Christian, who could still get involved anyway. But I think Luchasaurus may lose without getting pinned, which is, might be the idea here. But I think Jungle Boy wins regardless. What do you think? Yeah, I think if you're going to continue this, like you said, and uh, he's going to face Christian, I, I would assume he needs to keep winning here. I know he lost to Luchasaurus last time, too, so... I mean, if you lost again, then then we're done here. So I, 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 I you gotta have Jungle Boy win here. Do you, how do you think they bridge the gap with the feud here? Because Christian won't be back for a while. Do you think they just take Christian and Luchasaurus off the show, or at least Christian until he's good to come back? Because I don't want to see more matches between these two just to drag it out until Christian's ready to come back. Yeah, I think it would be one of those things you just take him off TV, and then when Jungle Boy may maybe have another. In a couple months, have like a big match coming up. You can have Christian come back and screw him, and we move on. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal versus Sting and Darby Allen. This has to be an easy win for Sting and Darby. Uh, hopefully, this is a one and done for Jarrett in the ring as an on-air character. Adding him to Jay Lethal's little entourage beyond the show would be an absolute waste. 
Um, listen, I've said before, I like Jared. I just don't think he should be on the show at all. I think him in a backstage role, great. Uh, this whole feud's been a waste of time, but whatever. Uh, Sting and Darby win. What does it really matter? The answer is it doesn't, but I think they win here, though. Yeah, I mean, Darby, Dar- talking about a rough 2022, I mean, I like Darby a lot, but he has done little to nothing this year. Um, I feel like he's only really resurfaced when the pay-per-views come up, and he really hasn't been on Dynamite at all. So if you're going to keep him with any momentum, I mean, he's with Sting. I don't really see, like, the Jay Leith rule, Jeff Jarrett, Sanjay Dutt, and Sandham Sting fashion going anywhere too far. So if you're going to keep Darby hot, he needs the win here. So I got Darby. It's weird, but yeah, well, I think I think he's won a majority of his matches on pay-per-view this year. Like, I know he won the the House of Black match. Was the House of Black? Yeah, it was House of Black at, uh, Black, yeah. Yeah, at All Out. He won that. That was a six-man. He won that. They had a six-man at Forbidden Door. He won that match. He, I know he lost to Kyle O'Reilly randomly at Double or Nothing, and they never went back to it because they got hurt, or Darby got hurt, or I'm sorry, Kyle got hurt, so they never actually finished it, but that was kind of a waste, and a waste of a match. Um... And then I know he won a revolution and a six-man too, I think, when he was... He wasn't TNT champion, but I think he teamed with Sting and Sammy and they had that all-out Texas Tornado match or whatever. So he, he's won on pay-per-view a lot this year, but the common theme of what I just said, as with this match, they're all tag team matches. They're all multi-man matches. He's actually not getting much of a push on his own. And he hasn't, arguably, since the MJF feud a year ago. Literally a year ago, full gear last year. That's just, that's just way overdue. For a company that needs more homegrown stars, I think it's kind of criminal that they haven't had him do more on his own in the last 365 days yeah i completely agree that's what i was kind of saying that i feel like you said like he's won like you said he's won a lot of matches as a tag team but as a single he's done literally nothing yeah i just i don't know i at this point if they keep winning tag team matches just put him and sting in the fucking tag team title picture i mean they, they're undefeated as a team i don't think they've won a, i don't think they've lost a single match as a team yet so if that's the case just have them chase the tag titles i mean seriously uh seriously. TV- TBS Championship, Jade Cargill defending against Nyla Rose. The most exci- most exciting thing about the feud, apparently, is that Nyla Rose stole the championship. That is literally the premise for this program, as lazy as it gets. And I will say this, I mean, you might disagree, but, you know, honestly, Nyla Rose doing the whole, like, whatever she's been doing, I actually find entertaining. When they when they move away from, like, the native beast bullshit, and Vicky Guerrero's terrible, Marina Shafir is awful, I don't care if people don't like that, they're just fucking terrible, get them off the show. Uh, Nyla Rose on her own, showing more personality. I think she is entertaining. The, the actual idea of this feud, though, and I know it's a filler feud for Jade, but no one cares. No one sees Nyla Rose as a threat. She's been a stepping stone for a year and a half, two years since she lost the fucking title. So uh, this is uh, what it is, and Jade's going to win, LOL, as she should. But, I mean, it, it's just hard to care. Yeah, I think this feud's been okay at best. Except she is entertaining, but she's supposed to be the... the the baby yeah, face. So. <laughs> I think. I don't but, know. We have no idea. Nah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Jade is pretty healy, but I don't know. I, I would assume she she stole her title. That's more of a healy True. thing to do. But um, it is a little bit more exciting, but like you said, she has had, basically since she's come in, after she won the belt and originally, she has been like the stepping stone for AEW for women's champions or women wrestlers. Like, you win your belt, your first feud, you're ready to face Nyla Rose. And that's literally how it's been all the time. So, I think it's been entertaining, I guess, but I, like you said, there's, there's, I have a better chance of being Jade Cargo on, on Saturday night than Nyla Rose mm-hmm. does. So, um, I think it'll be a fine match. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. Like you said, the, the whole premise of storyline is kind of sloppy and, and lazy. Just She just stole the belt and it's taken not uh, Jade like two months to get it back, but... Uh, I think Jade wins LOL, and that's the right decision. Yeah, I don't know how much longer she'll be undefeated for. I do think she needs to lose at some point soon because she's just gotten really stale as a character. Um, she's not on the show that much. She's on the show a little bit, but really not in anything important beyond this. Yeah, stuff. but who do you ever lose though? That's the problem. I mean, that's that's the. Whole, I mean, we could do a whole other segment on this, but. That's the issue. I mean, there's no one that she can lose to anytime soon. The only name that comes to mind, I said Athena for the longest time, and then she beat her in five minutes, and they <laughs> and they never went back to it, so what an idiot I am. But it probably would have been Statlander before she got hurt. Do not wait until Statlander comes back. I mean, that's not going to be for a long time. The only name that comes to mind is Jamie Hayter. The problem with that, though, is that she's facing Tony right now. So, I mean, she has to be a babyface, too. Do you do that at Revolution? I mean, that's in another three or four months. I mean, that's, I don't know. It, it, to me, it's Jamie Hader though, because no one else really makes sense to me. 
Yeah, I could play that gray. I'd rather it be Jamie Hader than like Sheeta or someone like that or Riho, God forbid, or whatever. I mean, just been there, done that. So I'd rather it be someone newer like Hader, who I think should win gold. But I don't want to see her beat. I not that I don't want to see her beat Tony. If she beat Tony, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind it. But I mean, let's talk about that Tony Storm and Jamie Hader AEW interim women's world championship. That's the key word here, interim. Because Thunder Rose is still technically champion. I hate the whole interim bullshit. It's terrible. Um, it, it's jumped the shark. But, you know, Thunder Rosa will be back when? We don't know. But I think it's pretty logical that they'll keep the championship on Tony until she is back to do that rematch and hopefully have Tony win. But because of that, I don't think Jamie wins here and maybe Britt Baker cost him the match. Yeah, I mean, I think Jamie needs to win sooner rather than later. She's so over. Mm-hmm. And she's just kind of eating a lot of losses. I mean, she started getting a little win streak here. They built her up a little bit just because she's going for the belt. But, I mean, before this, she's had a decent amount of opportunities and hasn't won one of them. So, I mean, I wouldn't be totally against her beating Tony here. I like Tony, but I don't know. I, I think Jamie's the hot hand. She is homegrown. Yeah, I mean, kind of to pull a GSM, you kind of got to strike while the iron's hot. I mean, I, I think it would be a mistake just to have her lose here. I mean, I guess the next kind of – trajectory would be her versus Britt, but I don't know. I think if anything, you'd have her win the belt, and then Britt gets jealous, and then kind of turns on Jamie from there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I, if I, I think Tony's gonna win, but I think Jamie should win. So I'll say Tony wins, but I think Jamie should win. Yeah, and I think to her credit, Tony's done a really good job as champion. I think she's had a really you know strong resume of matches, and you know she's been on the show pretty consistently, which is more than what can be said for a lot of the other former women's champions in this company. Um, but still, I mean, it just Jamie Hader is the hot hand right now. To wait any longer on that, like for example, the Daniel Garcia thing. We'll talk about the Ring of Honor title match now. I know you're not a Garcia fan, I get it, but you got to acknowledge. I mean, the guy was over at the peak of this whole thing with Jericho, and people wanted to see him turn on Jericho. They're clearly holding out because they want to drag out Jericho's run. Okay, I get it. But, dude, there is no fucking excuse for why he's not in this match. Sammy Guevara, who gives a fuck? Sammy Guevara should not be in this match. They might do a spot where, like, oh, he's not going to do what Jericho says. We know he's not going anywhere. They just joined the group a couple months ago. I mean, come on, man. Daniel Garcia should be in this match. You could do that exact same spot with him. It would make 10 times more sense because he and Jericho are teasing tension anyway. And instead, he's not even on the show right now. They took him off the show completely for as over as he was. That, to me, is just makes absolutely no sense. He might as well be in the back of a milk carton right now because I think he's on dark, if that. I was going to say, well, I haven't seen Garcia in a while. He was all over the show and then seemingly took him off. There's so. no consistency. I don't get it. Yeah, I, like you said, I think if anything, it would make more... It'd be more like, oh my god, if like you said, if they had him in the match and they they teased him beating Jericho or not listening to Jericho, because like you said, there has been tension there with Guevara. You know, it's not going to happen, and not like anyone cares. No one gives a shit. I know Brian's been having matches with Sammy, both of which Sammy lost. So again, why should he be a threat? He's not. But the bottom line is that I think Jericho walks out still champion. They're dragging out this run. Final battle is next month. I mean, I guess they could... Here's my issue with doing a four-way. It really should have been just Jericho and... Claudio. Claudio one-on-one. I mean, I don't know if... They might be saving Jericho and Claudio one-on-one again for full gear. The problem with... Or for for Final Battle. The problem with that was that we already saw the match at Grand Slam and that we're getting a four-way here. If this is just a bridge to get to that, then this feels like a filler match. It feels like a completely pointless match. It feels like a a, a wrestling marks wet dream. Like, oh, you got four great wrestlers. It should be a great match. Okay, but it doesn't. If it doesn't serve a purpose, then don't fucking do it. It's a waste of a match. This is another match that probably shouldn't even need to be on the show. If if we're just building the clock, because Claudio made Jericho tap out again last night. He pinned him again. He defeated him again. So Jericho wins. But if they're doing Claudio and Jericho again at Final Battle, then this is kind of a waste of time. Yeah, I completely agree. It should just be Jericho and Claudio one-on-one. And then Jericho wins. So you think Jericho wins, though? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, from there, we go to the TNT title match. Wardlow, Samoa Joe, Powerhouse Hobbs. Another match. Doesn't need to be a three-way. Love Joe. Him, His heel turn last week, we talked about this. Completely fucking random. The logic made no sense last night. He's a great promo. I, I enjoy the delivery, but people want to cheer the guy. And it doesn't help Wardlow, because Wardlow was at one point mega over. He's not mega over anymore. He's over to an extent, but... Not as hot as he was by by any means. Um, Hobbs should really be the focus here. And this is a case where you said earlier, oh, I want Hater to win, and I think Tony will win. I, I want Hobbs to win, and I think he will win. He's my pick to win this match because Wardlow has done jack shit with that TNT title. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it's way too soon to take the belt off Wardlow. I know he hasn't done a lot since he won the belt, but that's I mean that's on them. I mean, since the whole MGF feud, he hasn't done really much of anything. Yeah, he won the belt, but he's cooled off significantly. Um, uh, I mean, I like Powerhouse a lot, but I mean, he just resurfaced back on TV. Kind of would feel. I like Powerhouse. I just I would keep the belt on Wardlow a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Wardlow here. I like Power Sauce, but like I said, he literally was off TV. Like, he did the Ricky Starks thing, and then he was off TV for a little bit, and then he just resurfaced immediately in a Wardlow feud. Joe's in it, too. I, I would keep the belt on Wardlow for a little bit longer. You think Wardlow pins Joe to protect Hobbs and build that one-on-one match at some point? Yeah, I'm down with that. I mean, like I said, realistically, it should just be Powerhouse and... And Wardlow one-on-one. But <laughs> they had to put Joe in there because why not? <laughs> it's the same thing like with the four-way, dude. Like, again, if that's what this ends up being where Wardlow retains and I don't know. Again, it feels like filler. This is supposed to be a pay-per-view. You do this shit on TV and then you build the Hobbs and Wardlow, the one-on-one match at the pay-per-view. That to me just, I don't know. I don't I don't get it. They want to get everyone on the show. Whatever. Um, from there we go to the finals of the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament. Uh, that's a mouthful. So it's Ethan Page we know is going to be in there. We don't know who else is going to be in there, so I told you this before, but Ricky Starks hasn't even had his quarterfinal match yet. Ethan Page is already in the finals. We haven't even finished the quarterfinals. This is beyond rant. This is so fucking messy. I think Ricky Ricky Starks beats Lance Archer, because Lance Archer, LOL. I don't think he beats... I I think he beats Brian Cage, too, because, again, LOL. I think it ends up being Ethan Page and Ricky in the finals. I think Ricky might have to wrestle two matches on Friday or two matches on Sunday. Because um, they're not advertising the semifinals for Rampage. And I think Ricky Starks wins. If MJF becomes champion, and spoiler alert, I think he will, I think Ricky should win. I don't care about Ethan Page as a title contender. We've already seen him in Moxley. I guess he could face MJF. I don't care. Um, I- I'm hoping Ricky Starks wins this whole thing. Ethan Page is one of the tournament. I mean, wow, okay. he's the tournament, and they're going to do him and MJF, and no one's going to care. But that's what's going to happen. I mean, I know Rick, whoever wins this is not winning the title. I get it. I get it. But I think even if Ricky Starks wins the thing, I would rather see him in a prominent spot as number one contender than not at all. So I hope you're wrong. But, I mean, I could see it playing out that way. So you got Paige and I got Starks, right? Yeah, I got the other Paige. Okay, at least I'm not picking Lance Archer. So <laughs> I'm not completely off the deep end here. Uh, we go from there to, we already mentioned Tony and Jamie. Let's go to Soraya and Britt Baker. I mean, I think the feud lately is heated up, which is good. Um, I think it would be a mistake for Soraya to have her first match back and lose. I know Britt hasn't won a singles match in a while, and that's good. I think they're they're having her put over other people. That's the way it should be. Um, I think Soraya wins here, and uh, yeah, I think she might be wrestling once a month, she said, on Renee's podcast, which the women only usually wrestle once a month, typically on Dynamite, so whatever, unless your name is Tony Storm. So uh, yeah, I think Soraya wins here. Yeah, I think Soraya wins here. I mean, she's coming in. I mean, she can't. I wouldn't really say losing her first match would be a good idea. Um, so I have, I have Soraya winning here. I think it's been a decent feud. I mean, they have kind of been blurring the lines. Like, is she a face? She a heel? Britt's been cutting baby face promos. Soraya seems like a bitch, but she's kind of the baby face. Like, she seems like she's like the entitled veteran who's kind of just waltzing in and taking all the spotlight. So lately, I, I mean, Britt cut another baby face, baby face promo last night too. So I don't think we're getting a double turn, but. Because I feel like eventually Britt will turn on Jamie Hayter, hopefully, and that's kind of how we get that dynamic. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, I think Soraya wins here. I mean, if she lost, it'd kind of be kind of what the fuck. Yeah, that would be a little weird. Uh, AEW World Tag Team Titles, the acclaimed against Swerving Our Glory 3. Another classic case of a feud being dragged out, probably for no reason. But to, in their defense, I will say Keith and Swerve have had great chemistry as like the heel face tag team, like the different dynamic. I have enjoyed that. Uh, the Billy Gunn shit is awful. The acclaimed have kind of jumped the shark with the whole scissoring shit. Um, you know, they're still very over. I'm glad they're champions. I think they should retain, but they need to calm it down a little bit with the scissoring garbage. But I think they retain here, and we finally get the split between Keith and Swerve either on this show or soon after. Probably on this show. Let's just get it over with. And uh, Keith is the face and Swerve is the heel. But, yeah, I got the acclaimed winning here as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the acclaimed are winning here as well. I think that's kind of a, a foregone conclusion. I like... I like Swerve a lot. I mean, Keith Lee hasn't been real. I feel like he's really barely been on the show. So I like what Swerve's been doing. The whole acclaimed scissor me shit. I mean, like I said, I feel like it's jumped the shark. Like, I just don't care at this point. I feel like what got them over was the whole rapping and stuff. And they've been like using the scissoring stuff as like over the top. Like, it was funny at first. So then, to me, at this point, it's kind of been 
I just don't care at this point. So I think they clearly retain here. It'd kind of be random if they lost Swerve and Aguilar again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a I think Swerve turns on on Keith Lee. So um, I'm really happy with what they've done with Swerve. I feel like he's probably been one of the better signings they've made. I, mean, I agree. He's definitely and I, he's probably come at the cheapest price out of all the people they've signed. So <laughs> I'd I'd keep pushing Swerve here. Um, I think, like I said, I think Warlow beats Powerhouse, and maybe we get a swerve, and once we we'll get Swerve and Warlow for the TNT title soon. I could see that. That would be pretty good. I could see Swerve as TNT. I'm hot. I, listen, I'm happy with either Hobbs or Swerve taking that belt from Warlow because both. The real question is, it. whose house is it? Is it Swerve's house or is it Soraya's house? <laughs> they need to make. <laughs> they need to make that clear because they're still both using that catchphrase. Page has I mean, se- I mean, Swerve's theme song. His theme fucking slaps. You like his theme song? Oh, I love his theme song. He's probably one of my favorites in AEW. And listen, the funny thing is, you're not just saying that because he's a heel now. You were saying that here on the show on the record when he first showed up six months ago, even when he was still a babyface. So I agree. I think he's been one of the better parts of the show for as little momentum as AEW has right now. He's been one of the bright spots. And uh, him as a heel has been great. I think he's been doing great work. So for a guy that had a bit of an afterthought of a debut in March, he's really exceeded expectations with the run he's had so far. And I hope they... The only hope is that once this feud is over, they fucking push him and he doesn't disappear from TV as so many others have before. Yeah, I completely agree. Like I said, he needs to be pushed. He's hot right now. Got pushed. Put the rock up his ass. I agree. He's hot right now. He's getting great heel reactions and he's making the most of it. He's been awesome. Uh, Death Triangle taking on the returning Elite Trios titles. Or the Death Triangle just keeping the belts warm until the Elite come back. I mean, I guess the Elite could lose here. But, I mean, to me, it doesn't really matter. The trio's titles have been a complete afterthought. I mean, they, they fucked it up from the get-go because the Elite got suspended. But I think Death Triangle were just holding them hostage until the Elite came back, and I think the Elite win here. Yeah, I mean, Elite win here. I don't, I mean, nothing real to say. I mean, hopefully it's less square dancing to, to end the end of this match. <laughs> but I, I, didn't, I mean, I just, I, I said this before, I honestly just, like, I love Lucha Libre, but there's wrestling in there. It's not like an orchestrated dance that these guys did. I just don't, to me, I just don't understand how people find that interesting at all. It's like, they like, it's like they win the back. Okay. I'm going to kick you. I'm going to kick at you. You're going to fall down. Then you're going to do a kip up and I'm going to run over you and you're going to flip. And then you're going to flip over me. And then we're going to do this. And that. like, that's not wrestling. It's literally like, like I said, it's like watching fucking the Jabberwockies on America's best dance crew. Yeah. Else, I mean, how much do they mean? They have like two teams. No, they have no trios at this point. They had a bunch of trios when the company first started, but by the time they finally do trios titles, they have no fucking trios. I mean, it, it's kind of ridiculous. But I know which match you're going to. The, you're taking a bathroom break for. I think I know we know that much. Oh yeah, I'm not going to be paying attention to this one at all. This will be my phone. My phone will be buried. My face will be buried in my phone <laughs> on this match. This is your Twitter timeline match. Uh, John <sighs> John Moxley defending the AEW World Championship against MJF, which is his cash in with the casino ladder match poker chip. It's got to be MJF. I love Moxley. I think he's been a great representative for the company. Um, I think MJF... Here's the way it's got to happen. MJF wins, but no firm bullshit. Keep the firm fucking out. I'm sure they will get involved because they've been all over TV lately. The firm are awful. Don't have them get involved here. Have MJF win. I mean, clean would be ideal, but I would have him turn heel because he said, oh, I'm not going to use the ring. Okay. Said nothing about brass knucks. Regal's brass knucks. Regal even said that. That anyone that in, in, in the ring was fair game. He said that a couple weeks ago. I'm convinced that Regal's turning with him. I'm not even saying that he needs to manage MJF. I mean, whatever. Then I mean, that would be cool, I guess. But I think Regal turns on Moxley. He doesn't need him. Um, he sees the devil in MJF. Moxley's lost a bit of his, uh, you know, intense edge, and he sides with MJF. They see realizing that potential that he saw in him from the get-go. I think it's a great story, and we got a new world champion and a new heel, MJF. I think that's the way that it's got to go down, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, MJF needs the one here. Um... Um, I, I don't, I'm not like oh, totally like I think they're they're saying that Regal's gonna be with them. I don't think it really needs to happen. I mean, I like MGF. He's such a good talker. I feel like he just doesn't really need someone. Like I don't know. Even if like he went to WWE, like I feel like I wouldn't want him with Heyman. Like yeah, it'd be cool, but like well, he doesn't need a he doesn't need a manager. He doesn't need someone. Like I guess. I, don't know. I mean, then again, I, I neither think, is I, Roman Reigns. I'd rather just MGF win clean and then we move on. Mm-hmm. Um. But like I said, I feel like we're going to get like firm bullshit and a lot of interference. But I'm hoping MDF just wins clean and we move on. Yeah, no, as long as he's a heel coming out of this, because I don't think it's time to turn him babyface yet. They need more top heels. He can be that guy. Um, you know, I'm f- if he's not with Regal, I'm fine with that. I'm just saying, like, if he's with Regal, it's not going to take away from MGF, I don't think, because, you know, 
Even Punk had Heyman back in WWE, and Punk certainly didn't fucking need Heyman. I mean, he was, you know, you could already talk on his own, and neither does Roman Reigns currently, but it adds to the presentation, and uh, you can kind of, uh, I don't know what happens to the Blackpool Combat Club. Did they change the name? I don't know, but whatever. Um, that I think MJF walks away as the champion regardless. And that's going to be Full Gear on Saturday, brother. I'm looking forward to it. We've got a busy week coming up between Full Gear Saturday uh, next week. Whenever we record, I don't know if it's going to be when I see you in person or before then, whatever. We've got Thanksgiving Thursday, but we will talk Full Gear the next time we speak here on the phone and preview Survivor Series, which we will be there for next Saturday. So looking forward to all that. But we got new episodes every single Thursday, usually, at WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. Google Podcast, Podbean, Amazon Music, all that good stuff. Be sure to rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss a new episode every single week. So, Mr. Marceau, brother, great time as always, and I cannot wait to catch your ass in a week at the Marceau Compound. Can't wait. I'm fire, so excited. Fire up Top Gun, uh, Top Gun Maverick for me. We're going to be watching it at some point next week, and I promise you. I will watch Top Gun before then. I, I will make you that promise. You have to. It's a promise, so you better do it. <laughs> if I fall short, and then uh, I, I'm a liar, so I'll make sure to do it in the next week. Sounds good, brother. All right, brother. Have a great one. I'll I'll see you next week. I'll talk to you.